Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. It's probably the best kind of emergency scenario we could have hoped for. Emergency fizz cast time. Sound the alarms because Syracuse absolutely thwomped NC State 89 to 68. And they're moving on to tomorrow, actually. I mean, it's not much of a move, but it's still the ACC tournament quarterfinals. They're facing Virginia, top-seeded Virginia at noon. Ian Unsworth, John Eads, and Cam Azir here. We're the three newest members of the Fizz staff. We've been doing these Fizz casts all season, but guys, it's now getting crazy. It's tournament time, and Syracuse looked pretty darn good today. I got to say, probably one of the best performances we've seen all season from the Orange. It's crazy what happens, Ian, when Syracuse connects from, from three. I mean, this is not a team that lives and dies by the three, but it certainly helps when they make them. And Buddy Beheim was just on fire today. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to shooting percentages, when Syracuse shoots about 50% from the field and close to 50% from three, you're not going to lose a lot of games, especially with that potent offense. Buddy Beheim went crazy, 27 points on the day for the junior, two away from a career best. Joe Girard did 14 and looked decent in the first half. Alan Griffin, Quincy Garrier pitched in 12. A pretty complete performance, and the bench guys really made a difference, I would say. Jesse Edwards and Robert Braswell, while they didn't light up the stat sheet, were probably the biggest impact players on defense. We've seen Braswell yeah. off the bench and make an impact all year, both as a shooter and as a rebounder. He did that today. And then, Ian, you and I were just blown away at some of the things Jesse Edwards was doing. Cam, what did you think about how Edwards played? Ian, I want to personally apologize to you uh, on this FizzCast about, uh, about my take that I didn't think it would be a Jesse Edwards game because you were 100% correct. During the game, the only thought that was going on in my mind when he made that monster block and then boxed out with, with poise. I mean, I haven't seen Jesse Edwards blo- uh, box out like that ever in my life. And when he did that I was, after the game, all I was thinking was, I have to apologize to Ian. So uh, there's my apology. But, yeah, this, the, the bench, 14 points is not excellent. But for a bench that doesn't play that much and, and for a crew that all you're really expecting from them is really the ancillary statistics, Robert Braswell pitched in uh, double figures, like you said, in points. And then Jesse Edwards was really that rock down low when Marek Dolajai was trying to find a stride at the start and Quincy Garrier got into foul trouble. The bench was great. This is all that Syracuse needs from the bench, and I don't think Jim Beheim could have asked for more. Well, they're going to need it again tomorrow, and Cam, apology accepted. I'm sure the rest of Fizz Nation will happily accept it as well. They're going to need it tomorrow. Virginia is not NC State. This is the toughest task that Syracuse might face all season, and it could be the last game of the season. However, if in the upcoming hours Xavier loses to Butler, some things could shift around, and Syracuse, according to Joe Lenardi, could end up being the last team in the NCAA tournament. So keep an eye on that Xavier Butler game that tips at 6 p.m. tonight on FS1. If you're listening on Wednesday, that's tonight. If you're listening Thursday morning, then chances are you know the result of Xavier Butler. Regardless, Syracuse and Virginia tomorrow at noon. Syracuse has a 60% chance to make the tournament yet uh, today an 88% chance to win after beating NC State, and could mark make that mark even closer to 100 
with a win over Virginia. I would say it's close to what, 90? It's got to be at least 95% because this is, this is a quad one win all the way around. You've heard it from a lot of different people, and John Rothstein's kind of the guy to me in college basketball. He said, win and you're in if you're Syracuse. I know Lenardi, you know, whatever. We're going to see what happens with Xavier and all these Mountain West teams. But if you win this game, you're in. And there's no way you can keep Syracuse out if they lose this game, especially because it would, it would paint a picture of how much better they are now in March from where they were back in January, late January, when the Orange played Virginia and they lost – 81-58. So if Syracuse can come back and win this game here now, they're passing the eye test. I think you got to put them in. I mean, Ian, John, Syracuse is one in six in quad one games. We all understand that, but they're four and one in quad two, seven and one in quad three, and three and zero oh in quad four. And although those might not be the metrics that a lot of Syracuse fans really want to hear, because it's that quad one category category that the Orange should be successful in, you have to think about the other teams in that bubble. Utah State, Colorado State, Boise State, Drake. I mean, a lot of these teams are either – yeah, right. A lot of these teams are, are, are either done with their season or they're playing uh, competition that isn't that good. So if Syracuse beats Virginia, I'm giving them a 100% chance to make the tournament. That might be a little ambitious, but that's the number one team in the ACC and potentially – uh, not potentially, they're, they're probably a, a top, what, top two, top three seed in the NCAA tournament if they make it to, or, or four, if they make it to the final win the whole thing, which a lot of us are expecting them to do. If Syracuse beats that team, that's not just a quad one win, that's a statement win. I think Joe Lenardi has to put them above the, you know, the bottom tier teams that right now he has above Syracuse because they don't have a lot of big time wins. The thing is, though, beating Virginia is no small task. And, John, you referenced that 81-58 to loss. That was off the heels of a top 25 win over Virginia Tech in the Dome when Syracuse looked like it could do no wrong. So you got got to really approach this game with – you can't – I mean, Syracuse has won three in a row. Yes, and that's all fun and great. But you you have to lock in. You have to stay focused. You can't go out there like you did in Charlottesville and shoot 21% from three and under 40% from the floor. It has to be a very concerted effort to get really good shots, number one, and get Buddy Bayheim, keep Buddy Bayheim going, because he's been going the past couple of games. But you have to get him the ball and get him some open looks early because he has been the motor of this team over the last run of wins. And we talked about how big it's going to be if the bench can perform against Virginia. Let's get the starters going first. Before we even talk about the bench, Bayheim had nine points in that first matchup against Virginia. Dolzhai had eight. I think Gerard had eight or nine. Not that it matters. And then off the bench, they struggled as well. Braswell came off the bench. He had won three. Kadari Richmond played 20 minutes, only had two points and an assist. Probably the worst he looked all season. Really, the entire team just looked bad that day. Um, and you, like you said, Ian, you really can't shoot the ball much worse than 21% from three and 37% from the floor is respectable. But the big thing here is there were just 10 assists as a team that night. So that tells you that the, the offense really wasn't clicking. The shots weren't falling. And I think Syracuse is going to put up a much better fight this time around than that first matchup. John, you're right. Syracuse's starters need to be pivotal in this one, not just because they're the best players on the Syracuse team, 
because you're going up against one of the most dangerous tandems in all of uh, in all of college basketball. And that's not individually, that's collectively. It's one of the best defensive teams in the country and one of the most efficient teams in the ACC and in the country as a whole. When you're going up against talent like that, that is proven on the floor, your starters, your best players need to get going. And it starts with those guys that you're mentioning, Buddy Beheim, Alan Griffin, Quincy Garrier, staying out of foul trouble, keeping them on the floor, and taking efficient shots. It's not just about taking the shots that you want. It's taking good shots. Swing the ball around the perimeter and find Buddy Beheim on the wing because every time Buddy Beheim took a shot on the wing, it was going in. Virginia is not going to make the mistakes that NC State made. That's another thing we have to consider. It's, this is going to be a game that's a lot slower than today or yesterday's game was. It's going to be a lot – you have to be a lot more selective on the offensive end. And there's, there's no time there, – there's no there's, – there should not be any opportunities or any glint of thought in, say, Alan Griffin's mind to chuck an early shot clock three. We saw a couple of those today. It seems like we see a couple of those every game. This is not a game where you can do it. Absolutely not. Virginia plays slow. We know this. They are 357 in the country in tempo. Virginia is not going to run the floor. They are going to milk the clock for all that it is worth. If Syracuse puts up a shot in the first five seconds, especially a bad one that misses, it's going to turn into defense, defense, defense. And Bayheim looked gassed there in the second half. John, you said it when we were watching the game. There was a point there where – he had three or four three-point opportunities in a row to break his career mark, and all of them were short. He was just tired. He was just tired. That's all it is. But that was late in the second half. The game was already pretty much wrapped up. You're going to be a lot more tired if you have to play defense for, say, 13-14 out of the 20 minutes of the first half. You can't waste opportunities against this Virginia team. And you make a great point. You need to value every single possession and get anything. Like You need to play every possession looking for the best shot. All right. If you're hot, if you're Alan Griffin, sometimes that does mean an early shot clock three. But if it's not going, you need to get back to the basics. You need to look for the best shot. And like you said, you need to get some play off the bench. Buddy Beheim was gassed today. He played the entire game. I don't think Kadari Richmond played – uh, he played maybe a little bit in the second half. I, don't, I didn't see him much at all. It was, it was all Gerard and Beheim in the second half, which surprised me a little bit. So I think this could be another game where Kadari comes off the bench and makes an impact, and also Jesse Edwards. I mean, Jay Huff went for 21-12 and 12 in the first matchup, career high, by the way, for Huff. And I think if you can put Edwards in the lineup, you can insert him in there and maybe play him at the same time as you do as Garrier or even Dolajai. I think that can give you some opportunities to slide things around. And that's something I think Coach Behan should definitely explore because obviously whatever they did in the first matchup, which was not play Jesse Edwards, didn't work. John, Ian, what about Robert Braswell? Uh, the, the biggest issue in Syracuse's first loss to Virginia was Sam Hauser and the plethora of threes that he hit in the first half to the point where it got to the halftime break and the game was pretty much over because, what, Hauser had six or seven? It, it was – it was right, five. It was a joke. I mean, it didn't even matter how many threes the exact total. It got to the point where Sam Hauser was just having himself a field day. He could read a book beyond the three-point perimeter and still have time to get that shot up. If Robert Braswell can play well at the bottom of the zone – remember, with this team, it starts with defense. If Robert Braswell can play well at the bottom of the zone, that instills confidence in shooters – 
It instills confidence in transition play. I think that he is one of the most integral players off the bench for Syracuse against Virginia because off the bench, he is their most potent forward. We've talked about Jesse Edwards being in that center position and how good Kadari Richmond is at the top, even though today he really didn't show it. But Robert Braswell has to be really good because the forwards on this team, obviously you, you can talk about the guards, you can talk about Kihei Clark, you can talk about the shooters. But if Sam Hauser goes off again, Syracuse is not putting up 89 points against Virginia's defense, and they won't even have 60 possessions as they did in this game. So I, I think Robert Braswell has to be the most important player off the bench for SU. We talked about the game plan yesterday. How does Kevin Keats attack the 2-3 zone? And Kevin Keats came up with a game plan that absolutely was terrible. I'm like, I'm sorry, it was terrible. Who thought that putting the biggest dude on your team in the middle of the two-three zone to make choices was a good idea? No, it absolutely awful. Manny Bates is is a good player, but he has no skill besides putting the ball in the basket from five or less feet away. That I mean, that was a terrible choice. But Cam, you you kind of gave us a little insight last time when Virginia played Syracuse they put Kihei Clark the smallest player on their team but their best passer in the middle of the zone and it worked magic Clark had nine yeah Kihei Clark had nine assists and as you said the defense kind of looked at Clark but once the ball got in the middle Clark immediately had an open man on the outside or he had Huff in the dunker spot so Syracuse has to figure out a way to stop either that entry pass or once Clark gets the ball Force him to score. Yeah. Force Kihei Clark to score, especially if Jesse Edwards is in the game, because then you have a guy that's 5'8", 5'9", going against a guy that's 6'11", and showed a propensity today to protect the rim. It makes a lot of sense if you're Jim Beheim. That's a matchup I kind of like. And honestly, Clark's not the best scorer. If 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 he beats Syracuse, he beats Syracuse. It's just kind of a shrug your shoulders. You got to pick your poison. Exactly. So if, if Kihei Clark is in the middle of the zone, Syracuse should spread out and then let him go one-on-one with Jesse Edwards. I'm okay with that. If Jay Huff's in the middle of the zone, you get Edwards to step up, and then the wings have to collapse, collapse in underneath. But either way, those are the two ways Tony Bennett attacked the Syracuse zone last time. The Orange better be ready for it tomorrow. Yeah, I'm all for it. And it's certainly not the first time that a team is – probably use that game plan, putting a smaller guy in the middle of the zone. I'm sure Coach Beheim has seen that sometime through his 45 years here, and he's very good in revenge games like we keep talking about. At six and two, from what I could gather, going back to 2018. So he's always kind of watched – I don't know if he's watched the film, but he's always kind of found ways to stop what worked for a team in the first matchup and kind of, if not correct it, game plan for it in the second matchup. So we'll see, I guess, what he comes out with. But you and I are on the same page here with kind of playing more outside – to, you know, force Kihei Clark to make plays in the lane instead of finding shooters wide open like Sam Hauser and stuff. And I think going back to Cam's point about Braswell, I think if you bring Braswell in the game, it also gives you a pretty good size advantage on the boards. Virginia won the rebounding battle 41-28 in the first game. I think with Braswell in there, you got a better opportunity to grab some of those and perhaps negate any second-chance points. And make Kihei Clark uncomfortable. Dig at him a bit. When you're the top two of the zone, the issue with the Syracuse zone is they're so stagnant. They think that their position is that position and they can't do anything else. In a zone, it's all about 
stopping any penetration, whether that mean whether that means the guy with the ball or the guy without the ball. And if the ball gets in the middle, make that guy uncomfortable. It's not just Jesse Edwards or Marek Dolajai's uh, uh, role to push up and you know make sure that that guy doesn't get further in in the paint. Also, if you're at the top two of the zone, dig a little bit. I try to steal the ball, whatever it may be. Even pick up a few fouls. I don't mind. Make Kihei Clark uh, uncomfortable because when he becomes comfortable at the high post, that's a dire situation for Syracuse because that means he can run his dribble moves wherever he wants. That opens up shooters. That opens up space. If you can make Kihei Clark or whoever's in the high post uncomfortable, that will that will thwart anyone that is in that high post the opportunity to feel like, you know, I have full control over this SU zone. Okay, we've talked about a lot of keys. Let's get to score prediction time. Jeez, you're going to go first. Oh, give God. me your score and give me the one-liner. What does Syracuse have to do to win this game? Even if you don't have them winning it, what is the one thing Syracuse has to do to win this game? Yeah, uh, man, on the spot. Uh, I, I've always kind of, you know, I'm, I'm definitely riding with Syracuse right now, but not to win this game. I think they're going to keep it very close. I think it's going to come back down to the last couple possessions and a situation where the Orange are fouling and UVA's got to hit their free throws, which they will. So I'm thinking 67-63, Virginia pulls it out, but a nitty-gritty game all the way to the end. Syracuse wins if they shoot at least 40% from three. That's it. Wow. Uh, I'm going that Syracuse loses this one 68-59. to I think the offense uh, takes a dip from this game. Of course, I, I don't think that Syracuse could do this for two straight games, no matter their next opponent. But I think Syracuse wins if they shoot over 50% from the field and from three. I get the 40% point, but I think Syracuse needs a lot more offense. I have them notched at 59 right now. I think they have to eclipse at least 75 to be Virginia. That's a high number. That's a really high number. I don't know if Virginia's offense really has that kind of potency, Cam, because when they beat when Syracuse and Virginia faced off in January, the Cavs were on a run. They were on a run of scoring a lot of points. They put up at least 75 in, in three consecutive games. 14 threes. So Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty high number. I'm with you guys. It's really tough for me to see Syracuse winning this game as much as I would like them to. It's, it's a really tall task. I think Virginia wins 70-65. But for Syracuse to win, it's not about shooting percentage. It's about who's doing the scoring. True. You need at least 15 from Buddy Allen and Marek Dolajai because Dolajai is the one matchup problem for Virginia. They don't, Huff's not really quick enough to guard him, but he's a, Dolajai's more well-versed inside than Hauser or Murphy can handle. So that, that's my key. Give Marek Dolajai the ball and let him operate. All right. And hey, folks, I'm sure you remember the last time Syracuse and Virginia played in a tournament game. Good old days of 2016, Malachi Richardson with the, the three-point goggles. And also remember, last year Syracuse got revenge too down in Charlottesville. All the old buddy banker and uh, an absolute domination in overtime. So, hey, there's certainly a chance that Syracuse can sneak by Virginia and make its way into the NCAA tournament. They could still have a chance, even if they can't beat 
the calf. So that's going to wrap it up here for this, I guess, pseudo-emergency fizz cast for Cam Azir, Johnny, Zabini, and Unsworth. Syracuse, Virginia, tomorrow at noon on the ACC Tournament quarterfinals. Thanks to you so much for listening, guys, and go Orange.